Chapter Thirty of Cutlass and Cudgel. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cutlass and Cudgel by George Manville Fenn. Chapter Thirty. Matters grew no better. There was a leaning toward the rough lad who seemed never weary of trying to perform little acts of kindness for his father's prisoner But there was only one thing which the midshipman desired and as that could not be accorded the friendly feeling between the two lads Stayed where it was in fact it seemed to be turning into positive dislike on one side Archie fiercely rating his jailer over and over again and ram bearing it all in the meekest way the gloom was so familiar to Archie now that he could go almost anywhere about the great place without stumbling over the loose fragments of stone or being in danger of running up against the great pillars. And as he roved about the quarry, his busy fingers touched packages and bales. He knew which parcels contained tobacco. He handled bales which he felt sure were silk and avoided the piled-up kegs of brandy whose sickly odor would always remind him of being ill at sea. All these things occupied his mind a little and when he was extra dull he would go and lie down by the hole which admitted the salt sea air or else make his way right under the trap door and climb up to it and sit and listen for the coming of Ram one morning he was there wondering whether it was near the boy's hour and he was listening most intently so as to get full warning and ensure time enough to get back to his place and wait when he fancied he heard the bark of a dog it was not repeated and he was beginning to think that it was fancy when the sound came again nearer Then nearer still till there was a prolonged volley of canine words Let us call them for they evidently meant something from the being so persistent Why hurrah he's found me cried the prisoner excitedly and he heard quite plainly as he clung to the rough steps and pressed his ear against the trap door the eager scratching made by a dog and the snuffling noise as it tried to thrust its nose down amongst the stones hi good dog then he shouted and there was a furious burst of barking then there was a sharp sound as if a heavy stone had fallen upon a heap and he heard it rattle down to the side then there was a fierce growl a bark and directly after silence the midshipman's heart which had been throbbing with excitement a few minutes before sank down now like lead as he waited to hear the sounds again but waited in vain if ever the loud baying of a dog sounded like music in his ear it was during those brief moments and as he sat there longing to know what it meant and whether his conjecture was right that the dog had scented him out he faintly heard the gruff tones of a voice and hastily descending he went down the slope and made for his usual place That's what it was said Archie to himself the dog scented me out and was scratching there Till that great brute of a smuggler saw him and threw a stone and drove him away there they are He was right the rough pieces of stone were being removed and a few minutes later He saw the swinging lamp coming through the gloom the prisoner was as he said quite right for that day Celia Graham had wandered down towards the edge of the huge line of cliffs in a different direction to that which it was her wont to take It was not often that she stirred far from the gloomy fir wood at the back of the house 
for her life had not been that of most young people of her age her father's disappointed and impoverished life consequent upon his political opinions and her mother's illness and depression had made the hose always a mournful home and naturally this had affected her making her a serious contemplative girl older than her years and one who found her pleasure in sitting on a fallen trunk in the sheltering woods listening to the roar of the wind in the pine boughs watching the birds and squirrels and having for companion her dog grip who when she took him for her walks generally ran mad for the first hour scampering round and round her making charges at her feet and pretending to worry her shoes or dress running off to hide and dash out upon her in a mock savage way bounding into forest bushes chasing the rabbits into their holes and then as if apologizing for this wild getting rid of a superabundance of animal spirits kept low in the mournful old house he would come as soon as she sat quietly down crouch close up to her and lay his head on her knee to gaze up in her face blinking his eyes and not moving again for perhaps an hour celia seldom went seaward the distance was short but she was content to watch the beautiful changes on the far-spreading waste from high up on the hills there had been wrecks on the freestone shore which made her shudder as she recalled how the wild cries of the hapless mariners in their appeals for help had reached the shore she had seen the huge waves come tumbling in to send columns of spray high in the air to be borne over the land in a salt rain and as a rule the sea repelled her and she shrank too from the great folds of the cliff with their mysterious looking grass-grown ledges and cracks up which came the whispering and gurgling of water and at times fierce hissings as if sea monsters lived below and were threatening those who looked down and did not pause to think that these sounds must be caused by air compressed by the inrushing tide then too there was something oppressing in the poorly protected shafts with their sloping descents once perhaps hundreds of years back the busy spots where old hewers of stone worked their way down below the thinner and poorer strata to where the freestone was clean and solid these spots attracted and yet repelled her as she peered cautiously down to see that they were half hidden by long strands of bramble with tufts of pink-headed hemp agrimony and lower down the sides an archway infringed with the loveliest of ferns there was something very mysterious looking in these ancient quarries where foot of man ever trod now and she shivered as she passed funnel-shaped holes which she knew were produced by the falling in of the surface to fill up passages and chambers in the stone whose roofs had given way far below she often thought when tempted by grip in the direction of these weird old places how horrible it would be if some day the earth suddenly sank beneath her and she should be buried alive at such times her hands grew wet and she retraced her steps fancying the while that the earth sounded hollow beneath her tread upon this particular morning grip had vanquished her he was always tempting her in this direction by making rushes and looking back as if asking her to come for the dark holes tempted him the rabbit burrows were all very well but he could never get in them beyond his shoulders while in these holes he could penetrate as far as he liked in search of imaginary wild creatures which were never found then too there were the edges of the cliffs 
where he could stand and bark at the waves far below and sometimes where they were not perpendicular descend from shelf to shelf the morning was glorious and the sea of a lovely amethyst blue as celia wandered on and on toward the highest of the hills away west of the hose grip was frantic with delight his tail stood straight out and his ears literally rattled as he charged over the short turf after some rabbit which dodged through the bushes reached its hole displayed a scrap of white cotton and disappeared and still smiling at the dog's antics the girl wandered on nearer and nearer to where the land suddenly ended and the cliff went sharply down to the sea as she went on stopping to admire the beautiful purple thistles which sent up one each a massive head on its small stalk or admired the patches of dyer's rocket and golden tufts of ragwort the old fancies about the ancient quarries were forgotten for the time and she seated herself at last upon a projecting piece of stone away there in the solitude to watch the gray gulls and listen to the faint beat of the waves hundreds of feet below there were a few sheep here and there but the hose was hidden beyond the fold of the mighty hills and Shackle's farm and the laborer's cottage were all down in one of the valleys It was very beautiful, but extremely lonely and to right and left There were the great masses of cliff which seemed like huge hills suddenly chopped off by the sea and Before her the wide stretching amethystine plain with a sail or two far away Celia sat watching a little snake which was wriggling rapidly along past her a little creature whose scales looked like oxidized silver in the afternoon sunshine and she was about to rise and try to capture the burnished reptile knowing from old experience that it was harmless when at one and the same moment she became aware that grip was missing and that ram shackle and the big laborer from the farm jimmy dad were coming up a hollow away to the right one by which they could reach the down-like fields that spread along the edge of the cliffs from the farm she saw them and hardly realizing that they did not see her she went on watching the reptile as it glided with easy serpentine motion through the grass ram is going to gather blackberries she said to herself as she glanced at his basket and dad is going to count the sheep i ought to have brought a basket for some blackberries she felt full of self-reproach as she recalled how plentifully they grew there and how useful they would be at home and I might get some mushrooms too she thought instead of coming out for nothing Just then she heard grip again barking very faintly Stupid dog she said to herself with a little laugh. He's followed a rabbit to its hole if he would only catch a few more How useful they would be then she moved a little to follow the slow worm Which was making for a patch of heath and she was still watching it when some time after grip came running up quickly Snarling and growling and pausing from time to time to look back. Oh you coward She said sitting down and pulling his ears as he thrust his head into her lap afraid of a fox Was it a fox's hole then and not a rabbit's grip the dog growled and barked poor old fellow then Where is it then the dog leaped up barked? and ran a few yards to stop and look back at her and bark again no no grip i don't want to see she said and she began idly to pick up scraps of wild thyme and toss at the dog who vainly kept on making rushes toward the slope of the great cliff no sir she said shaking her finger at him 
I am not going to be led to one of your discoveries to see nothing for my pains. The dog barked again angrily, and not until she spoke sharply did he obey, and followed her unwillingly up the slope and then down into a hollow that looked as if at one time it might have been the bed of some great glacier. The dog tried again to lead her away toward the sea, but she was inexorable, and so he followed her along unwillingly till low down in the hollow as she turned suddenly by a pile of great blocks of weather-worn and lichen stone she came suddenly upon dad and ram the former flat on his back with his hat drawn down over his eyes the latter busy with his knife cutting a rough stick smooth how do miss celia said ram showing his white teeth quite well ram how is your head now oh it's all right again now miss only a bit sore you tumbled off the cliff didn't you off a bit of it said ram grinning not far but how foolish of you mrs shackle said you might have been killed yes miss but i wasn't what were you doing in such a dangerous place eh said ram changing color what was i doing yes to run such a risk i was i was ram was completely taken aback and sat staring with his mouth open looking after a lost sheep came in a deep growl from under jemmy dad's hat oh and did you find it yes he found it said the man but it were in a very dangerous place it's all dangerous long here and master shackle wouldn't let young ram here go along these here cliff slopes without me to take care on him ram grinned and you take my advice miss don't you come bout here we lost four sheep last year and come nigh losing the missus's best cow not long ago didn't you hear yes old mary told me and mrs shackle mentioned it too ay continued jemmy without removing his hat she fell slip slap into the sea poor thing ay little missus and if i were you i wouldn't come along top of that cliff at all grass is so short and slithery that for you knows where you are your feet goes out from under you and you can't stop yourself and over you goes and that aren't the worst on it most like you're never found yes tis very slippy miss celia said ram beginning to hack again at his stick i do not come here very often ram she said quietly it's a long time since i came ay and i wouldn't come no more little missus continued jemmy from under his hat for if you did not go off that there dog grip had been looking on uneasily and turning his head from one to the other as each spoke in turn but the minute he heard himself mentioned he showed his teeth and began to growl fiercely at the man look ye here cried jemmy sitting up quickly and snatching away his hat if you comes at me see the heel of that there boot he held up the great heavy object named ready to kick out and grip bared his teeth for an attack down grip come here sir how dare you but grip did dare and he would have dashed at the laborer if celia had not caught him by the loose skin of his neck when he began to shake his head and whine in a way that sounded like protesting and me giving a bit of advice too said jemmy in an ill-used tone grip barked fiercely be quiet sir and going to say little missus that if that there dog comes hanging about here he'll go over that there cliffs as sure as buttons and never be seen no more come away grip thank you mr dad said celia hurrying the dog away and giving him a run down along the hollow while jemmy dad threw himself back rolled over onto his face and laughed hoarsely i say young ram he cried what a game 
What's a game? said the boy sharply. That there dog, he won't forget that whack I give him on the ribs for long enough. Needn't have thrown so hard. Why not? Don't like to see dogs hurt, said Ram, who was dealing with an awkward knot. Oh, don't you? Why, if your father'd been along here with that rusty old gun of his that he shoots rabbits with, and seen that dog scratching among them stones, know what he'd have done? No. Well, then I do. He'd have shot him. And if I catches him ferretin about there again, I'll drop a big flat stone down on him and then chuck him off the cliff. If you do, I'll chuck you down after him, said Ram. What? cried the man, bursting into a fresh roar of laughter. Oh, come, I likes that. Why, you pup, that's what you are, a pup. This was uttered with what was meant to be a most contemptuous intonation of the voice. Pups can bite hard sometimes, Jemmy, said Ram slowly, and I shan't have Miss Celia's dog touched. Ho! Oh, then he's to come here when he likes, and show everybody the way into our store, is he? Well, we shall see. Yes, and you'd better go and see if they've gone. Ah, yes, lad, I'll go and see if they've gone. And we needn't quarrel about it, for it strikes me as little missus won't come down here no more. I scared her too much. Jemmy burst into another hoarse fit of laughing, and went lumping off in his big sea-boots to see if Celia and her dog were well out of sight, before rejoining Ram to take the prisoner his repast. End of chapter 30